The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good Tuesday morning and welcome to another week of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX-FM, where yours truly, Neville James. It's a cloudy day in paradise, uh, but we got a great show. We um, pushing back the table talk into um, the middle of the week because we got uh, Commissioner Jean-Pierre Oriol joining us um, in our number nine, the nine o'clock hour. Right, so uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna call the weather service, uh, find out uh, what to expect for the rest of the week. Then we're gonna I reach out to uh, my good friend who had me to talk some bush ticker. We want to recap yesterday's first uh, presidential uh, caucus 2020. I also want to recap uh, the significance of Martin Luther King Day, which was yesterday. Uh, hope everybody uh, had a, a good one as we uh. Uh, pay homage uh, to uh, a great uh, civil rights activist, a leader who was uh, unfortunately taken from us uh, 56 years ago. Yeah, 1968. Yeah, uh, I believe it was April. I believe it was April 68. Go check and see. We're gonna pull that up. Uh, so, uh, and then uh, we're gonna uh, talk with the commission. Um, and then uh, we're gonna do the table talk. Uh, sometime during the week, we also got conversation lined up with uh, uh, Commissioner Carl Knight this week. Uh, also, uh, Commissioner uh, Derek Gabriel uh, for Public Works. But well, we got Chief of Staff Carl Knight. I apologize. Chief of Staff Carl Knight. Commissioner Derek Gabriel and Commissioner uh, Joba Schulte. So we're trying to work, uh, work out the logistics for that uh, in advance of uh, Monday's uh, State of the Territory. Right. Also gonna be uh talking a little bit with um Zach Zook from the eighty one C studio over there uh in St. Thomas. And we got Norris the Flourish edition this week as well. That's gonna be uh I believe Thursday. Right? Uh with with Jeff Julius and uh, and Holly Louise. You know what I'm saying? So um you know, I got something to tell you. Uh next year Right, I, I got some runnings I'm going to tell you about a little bit. I believe we have uh, the weather service on the line. Uh, good morning. Who am I speaking with? Good morning. This is Manuel Ramos. Manuel Ramos. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. How's everything in San Juan? Uh, yeah, it's nice out. A bit uh, cloudy uh, here, but it's still uh, pretty nice uh, right now. 77. And uh, at least here at the airport, 6 uh, miles per hour winds, so they're pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, we have we got the same um, um, environments up here. When I was driving, in, it was about uh, upper seventies, like seventy eight, seventy nine, and it's very cloudy. Is it going to remain cloudy for the whole day? Uh, yeah, basically, but it should. Drier is coming in, so it should be more partly cloudy uh, later on in the day. But yeah, the, the the clouds themselves will will remain. Uh, 
Not much in terms of uh, shower activity, though, with that dry air uh, coming in towards our region. Mm-hmm. Um, what about marine conditions at the beaches and for our boaters? Okay, right now uh, uh, there is a high risk of uh, rip currents, at least through uh, late t- tomorrow night. Uh, that would be for St. Croix only for the Virgin Islands. Uh, for us, it would be the north and east beaches of Puerto Rico and Culebra, and also uh, St. Croix, as I mentioned. Uh, there's also small craft advisory uh, for the uh, Caribbean waters. Just one second, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least, yeah, through Wednesday afternoon. So seas up to seven feet across uh, those waters. Okay. Um, you mentioned um, some dry air coming in uh, uh, and that uh, hindering um, precipitation. Are we looking at any precipitation throughout the week? Uh, accumulations would be uh, minimal, only it's just isolated, uh, maybe scattered showers, but... Uh, Pretty minimal accumulations, honestly, uh, for this week. Okay. So, uh, and the dry air is working its way in now, or is it going to be a little, little bit later this evening? It's working its way in now, yeah. Okay. Alrighty, so, um, partly cloudy with the dry air coming in, small craft advisory. Um, for the entire Virgin Islands or part of the Virgin Islands or St. Croix site? No, only for St. Croix. St. Croix. The, oh, you mean the small crab advisory? Yeah. Yeah, it would be uh, all the Virgin Islands, Ter- basically all, all of our regional waters except oh. the near shore waters of here in Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. So that would cover all of, all of your area. Okay, so, so we're also telling our, our beachgoers to be careful? Yeah, exactly. Even if there is not a high risk for... The northern uh, USBI, there's still that uh, moderate risk. So yet, uh, uh, you know, it's always careful in the in beaches, especially in now that we're in the swell season. There's a high is a high risk for Saint Croix. Yes, there's a high risk of recurrence for Saint Croix. Okay, good. Alrighty, Manuel, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thank you all for the opportunity. You got it. That's uh, Manuel Ramos um, from uh, the Water Service down there. Uh, in uh, San Juan. Like I was saying, right, um, this time of year, right, I I don't yearn to be on the mainland uh, with all of these playoff games uh, for, for the football, right? And uh, uh, in particular with, with the reformatting of um, the playoffs. Uh, back in the day, right, um, when there were only three divisions in each conference, right, in the NFL, only four teams in each conference used to make the playoffs. The three division winners and then the, the next, the, the team with the best record who didn't win the division, that was the wild card. And then those two teams would play. And then the following week, you would have the conference championship. Well, um, They've continued to expand the playoffs, right? And now 
seven teams make the playoffs in each conference. And the team with the best record in each conference, they get a bye. No, this year that was um, the Baltimore Ravens in the American Football Conference and the San Francisco 49ers in the National Football Conference. The other six teams are seeded uh, based on a combination of uh, the other, uh, because there are four conferences now, not three, right? So the other three conference winners, right? Like in the National Football Conference, you had uh, San Francisco as the number one seed, and they won the NFC West. And then uh, you had Detroit winning the NFC North. You had Dallas winning the NFC East and Tampa Bay winning the NFC South. So those three teams were seeded second, third, and fourth. Division winners and then seeded based on their one-loss record. And then the other three teams with the best one-loss record, they are now wild cards. So what used to be four teams per conference is now seven and three wild cards because you got four division winners, right? So what you had was... um, Detroit playing the Rams, right? Detroit was the uh, second seed, and the Rams were the seventh seed. You had Dallas playing the Green Bay Packers. Dallas was the third seed, and the Packers were the sixth seed. And then you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the fourth seed, playing Philadelphia, who was the fifth seed. And Philadelphia had the best record among the wild card teams. Over in the AFC, with the Ravens having the best record in the American Football Conference, they got the bye. So the two seed was Buffalo, and they played Pittsburgh. The three seed was Kansas City, and they played Miami. And then the four seed was uh, the Houston Texans, and they played the Cleveland Bronx. Right? Um, Of the six games... Five games were won by the home teams, the teams that won their conference. One's the won their division, right? The only team, the only uh, division winner who lost in the wild card round this weekend were the Dallas Cowboys. Now, that was unfortunate, not just because they got beat up by the Green Bay Packers, who, you know, I have heard me, you know, that's my team, right? You know, even though I grew up at a Tony Dorset fan when I was small and that stuff, uh, a lot of us got turned off when the owners decided after winning two Super Bowls that he going to get rid of the coach, right? And it's come back to haunt him ever since. But it was how they lose, right? Would you believe that you play in a playoff game and you're at home? And with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, your team is losing 48 to 16. Now they came back and scored a couple of touchdowns late in garbage time uh, to cut the lead. And then they had a couple of two-point conversions and the final score ended up 48-32. But they be trailing by 32 points. With six minutes and change to go in the fourth quarter at home. It was completely... First of all, surprising because football games typically don't end up like that. 
And, and most importantly, they don't end up like that for the home team. You know, the, the Dallas Cowboys won 12 games. Green Bay Packers won nine. But like they always say, right, it depends on how the team is looking and feeling come playoff time, right? The goal is to get to the tournament, get to the playoff wrong, and then be completely as healthy as possible and be in sync. And that's exactly what you saw uh, with the Packers. The other winners in the, in the NFC were the Detroit Lions. They won their first playoff game in 32 years. That was emotional to watch the fans uh, going on. Some fans were crying because they hadn't won a, a game in three decades. They beat the Rams. And that was also emotional because two, three years ago, three years ago, I think it was in January of 2021, both teams traded their quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford used to be the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions. He got traded to the Rams. And Jared Goff uh, used to be the starting quarterback for the Rams, and he got traded to the Lions. And Goff got a little revenge because the Rams went on to win the Super Bowl that year that Stafford went to the Rams. And uh, Goff was looked at as you know, holding back the Rams. Well, now the Lions win. And then last night... Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat up the NFC champions from last year, the Philadelphia Eagles. That, to me, was even more startling than what happened to the Cowboys from this perspective. In November, late November, I think it was, late November, early December, would you believe that the Philadelphia Eagles were 10-1 and one and were two games ahead of everybody else in the NFC. And then the 49ers came to Philly, run them off the field, and the Eagles proceeded to lose five of their last six games. They were teetering, going into the playoffs. And then last night was just an extension of their play. They lost five of their last six games. And then they lost last night. So they, they ended up losing six of their last seven games. And I think the final score was 32 to 9. I think that was the final score uh, for that game. Over in the American Football Conference, everybody held serve. Um, the Buffalo game was originally scheduled for Sunday. But because of that ridiculous snowstorm, right, they had to push the game back to Monday. I still don't know how they get all that snow out of the stadium because some of the, show, the, the, the shots that they were showing us, that's the, that, that football stadium in Buffalo was lily white. And then by 4.30 yesterday, 5.30 hour time, the stadium was clean and Buffalo uh, handled their business against um, the Miami Dolphins, um, against the um, Pittsburgh Steelers. The Kansas City Chiefs now, they played a game in minus 27 degrees Win chill Saturday night against the Dolphins. The Dolphins coming from the tropics down in Miami and had to go out into the plain states out of Kansas City, Missouri. So right off the bat, you know the elements were working against the Dolphins. and uh, They looked like um, a, a warm weather team playing in a cold weather environment. They couldn't get anything going and they lost that game and then... Um, the Houston Texans with a nice young quarterback named C.J. Stroud. Um, 
they beat up on the Browns. That was another shocking score there as well. Not so much that Houston won, even though Cleveland was a favorite and Cleveland won more games in the regular season, but the quarterback had a bad day for the for the Bronx. So now we got two two games in each conference this weekend. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday. But here's what I want to tell you, right? Uh, I was saying to myself, right, when I come on today, that uh, I'm going to let the, the the audience know that if I don't see me next year, January, it's because I'm going on a road trip. Uh, and I want to, to be in that playoff environment, right, to see how crazy these fans are going. Let me tell you something, right? Basketball, baseball, hockey, in certain parts of um, uh, America, not them think could touch football as it relates to um, uh, fan support and, and viewership. They had a game on Peacock, which is a streaming service now. The game with, it, with, it, with Kansas City and Miami. Right? Now, this time of year, you would want the networks to have all the games so people could see it. But these people are making so much money that streaming services are now buying out games. During the regular season, the Thursday night games, which used to be on Fox, are now on Prime Video, another streaming service. And the dollars that they're paying, the NFL making so much money. And they had 23 million people watching the the Kansas City Chiefs Miami Dolphins game Saturday night on their de- devices, and the NFL were bragging about it. Money run things, my son. Seriously, these game customs to be on, on uh, NBC or CBS or or Fox or ABC. Not no more, my son. They got games now. They got making so much money. They playing games on streaming devices. So that's well. So again, I got a little one your head up. If I don't see me next January for a couple weekends, you know, probably there, right? Out on the road, hitting these football stadiums during the playoff window. Okay, so we'll take a break when we come back. And my friend, Dwayne Henry, hopefully can be joining me for some bush tea. And uh, because recap, Martin Luther King Day and the caucuses in Iowa. Be back right after this. a fresh start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking account, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go, a non-profit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peter's Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our non-profit community investment checking account. Member FDIC. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. 
Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here uh, and analyze this. And uh, my good friend, Dwayne Henry, uh, should be uh, joining uh, us uh, anytime now uh, so we could um, talk a little bit about uh, the significance of Martin Luther King Day and also uh, recap uh, the Iowa caucuses, which was uh, Republicans only uh, this year um, because uh, the first... Uh, Democratic uh, primary, and they got some uh, internal issues there as well. Um, because normally uh, the caucuses in Iowa are both parties, but the Democrats have decided they're going to actually start uh, in South Carolina, right? But apparently they also have the the the, the, the caucus in New Hampshire next year. But apparently, uh, uh, John, I mean, with Joe Biden, is not going to be. Uh, on the ballot, so it looked like he got to get right in, uh, um, or whatever. So, uh, I got uh, Dwayne Henry uh, joining me uh, here uh, on the line for some bush tea. Early this week, we push him back to table talk later on because I got uh, Commissioner uh, John Pierre Oriel joining me at nine o'clock uh, this morning. Good morning, Councillor. How are you? Good morning. I want to apologize to you and the listeners. No, 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 no. We uh, no the snow. The snow. <laughs> You had to shovel yourself out of it. <laughs> man, it was a mess. <coughs> I like my that back one. is still hurt, man. I'm actually lying down now talking to you. I like, I, I like, <laughs> that, I like that one. Uh, a, white, a white Christmas in, in, in the right? tropics. I, li- I like that. A friend of mine always sent me a video. Look, I was um, like, lucky you guys. Yes, uh, Joey Holland Joy sent me a video of his mom's shoveling herself, trying to find a car. You know what I mean? So, uh, so much, so much snow uh, up in the north, northeast. You know, um, it's interesting though how these blizzards just work their way across the country, man. Uh, they, they, they'll be in the Midwest, and then the next uh-huh. thing you know, they're there in the northeast, and uh-huh. it's, it's a, that's a complete whiteout, man. Wow. Yeah, you, 
you see what's happening? It's the jet stream. Yes, is, is, yes. It's coming down so hard. Yeah. It's an Arctic blast, and it's just yes, sir. going to it being yes. and the, the prevailing wind. Today and the, by tomorrow, it's in New York. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. And the, the prevailing wind, the funnel towards the northeast, towards Newfoundland. Right up there, and, uh, yes. and and New England, and all that stuff, and it's just right. it's just wild. And, and look, and, and as a matter of fact, right, you, you you could actually see this when you fly in from LA to Miami, as opposed to Miami to LA. Right, the flight uh -huh. is longer. The flight is about forty minutes longer, right. east to west. Right. Yes. And, and that's because you're flying into the jet stream, right? And Absolutely. then and then when you take that red eye flight, that 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 eleven PM flight, uh -huh. LA time, which is two AM Miami time. Right. It's a five hour flight from LA as opposed to five forty because right. you, you got the benefit of the jet stream working with you. You got the tailwind. So yep. yeah, and, 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 and remember with the hurricane remember with the hurricane, right? I think it was uh, Ida, right? The one that, that hit um Louisiana and before yeah. you know it, a couple of days later it was right there in, at the US Open in in, uh, in, in yeah. Queens. Right. Queen, yes. Once yes, again, once again, that jet stream and start to funnel their way up to that northeast corridor. There, um, you're, you're there in trouble. But the plain states, uh, doing out there in, in Nebraska and Oklahoma and Missouri, but they don't suffer. They don't, they don't freeze out there. Listen, did it take a beating? Let me tell you, two years ago, I was out for President's Day. I was in St. Louis. It was like negative 16 when I landed. Yeah, man. And then I don't think it ever got above zero. I was there for like four days. I don't think it... It was a big freeze just like this one had come through. And for like four straight days, it was below zero. But but, but something that we're going on in them playing states, also, that's also where the tornadoes, right? Tornado Alley. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, you, yeah. you get the wicked that's tornadoes. Like, remember that you know, it's like a big... That states are like flat and... They're in between mountains, you know, the, to the, the, the east, they'll have the Ozarks and the Piedmont. Yes, yes, and, yes. And, and the Poconos and stuff. And to the west, you got the Sierra Madre. Yeah, yeah. You know, so in between that is that. It's almost like a, a little, yeah, man. Like a huge valley. Yeah, man. I, and I, all I, kind of stuff happens along in there. <laughs> all of the... Um documentaries that we don't see about tornadoes where people will be watching them actually coming to roll through the tongue and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. that, that, that tornado yeah, alley there. The reaction time in a tornado is like usually like six seconds or something. Yeah. You, 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 touch down anywhere. You, you, you look up, you look up and it's... It's going to touch down and you look at the seat it's going to touch down. Yeah, not not only that, you, you, you look up, you look up and you're just seeing clouds and then the next thing mm -hmm. you know you see, you're seeing this swirling wind and before you know it, you're running for for your natural life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That that, yeah, that that's very, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yesterday was um, Martin Luther King. We're gonna talk about Iowa caucuses and a little bit on how um, the the political uh, landscape uh, changes changes up. Um, Martin Luther King Day uh, significant. Uh, Fifty six years uh, ago, come April. But yesterday was actually his his actual birth date. Right. The the, yeah. hol the holiday is. The third Monday of in January every year. This year, the third Monday actually fell on January fifteenth, which was his birthday. That's significant. Very, very significant. Um, you know, it's to the day. You know, ninety-five, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Nineteen, nineteen twenty-nine. Correct. My yeah. mother lived. She would have been the same age as him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Martin Luther King. You know, 
uh, you know, it, it's begun to, you know, some people have politicized it, you know, Charlie Kirk and some other people. I, I want to talk you know, about him. I want to talk about him in a little bit. Yeah, but, but go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, these guys come up and nobody asks them anything, you know. These people, the, the, the old people used to say they redempted, <laughs> you know. He just had to tweet some nonsense, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. And he tweeted this total garbage about the truth is going to come out about Martin Luther King and said Martin Luther King wasn't who he was. You know, everybody knew he was a womanizer. I mean, you know, a lot of pastors are. I hate to say it, especially in this modern church. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the women in the church adore their pastors and things happen. Um, you know, we knew that. He smoked cigarettes like a fish, um, which isn't a sin, but, you know... Um, but you'd never equate that with, you know, a, a, a man of God. And, and when you go to um, the Lorraine Museum, the, the very last um, exhibit you see is his hotel room, which is preserved to exactly what it looked like um, when he was killed. And right there on the counter is a, a, a thing of Dean Milk. Dean Milk was a famous company. As a matter of fact, there's a big law case named after it about interstate commerce. And there's a, a, a carton of Dean Milk. And um, uh, empty um, thing plate, but there's this ashtray loaded with cigarettes, and then you go, "Wow, he was an extremely heavy smoker." Uh, but but there's no doubt that that um, Martin Luther King wasn't any spy for any communist or any craziness like that. You know, no, you know, even Robert Kennedy had some nonsense to say. You know, and I was like, these guys just cannot. Leave it alone, you know. For for those who don't know, uh, Charlie Kirk is a is a conservative uh, radio voice. Uh, those far right activists who done the radio, and apparently, uh, they said back in the day he used to praise Martin Luther King, right? All of these guys are hypocrites. And, uh, and, That's uh, the craziness about it. I read in a Newsweek article here um, from yesterday. It said dozens of political voices, both conservative and liberal, praise King every year in recognition of MLK Day, but this year. Kirk, who is no stranger to polarizing statements in the political realm, addressed his view in several social media posts and during an episode of the Charlie Kirk show that aired on Monday. He said, who is MLK? A myth has been created and has grown totally out of control, Kirk posted on X Monday morning. While he was alive, most people disliked him. Yet today, yet today, he is the most worst, honored, worshipped, and even deified person of the 20th century. Today, we are going to tell the truth and explain how the myth was born. In past years, Kirk has praised King as a hero and a civil rights oh. icon, according to a report by Wired. But Kirk has since voiced a different belief. First of all, one of the reasons why you got to be careful, right, with, with, with just taking people uh, at face value, Charlie Kirk was born in 1993. Okay, Martin Luther King died in 68. He born 20. He born 25 years after Martin Luther King was alive. What he know about Martin Luther King? That's number one. Uh, uh, whatever he know is what people tell you or what he read. Right. Right. That's number one. If you know anything about the march, right? That alone tells you about whether somebody is liked or not, right? How, uh, how do you arrive at the conclusion that most people disliked him when this man had the ability to galvanize people to march? Uh -huh. And not only one march, all over the place, right? Yes, yes. You got to march, you, you gotta march in Selma. 
You got to march DC. Um, Anglo White. And 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 then and then finally, I remember it was either two or three. Let me say, let me say, twenty twenty one. It it was three years ago, when um Rabbi ha- uh, Heshback, right? I think that's his name, oh. right? Who was the um the 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 rabbi at the synagogue in Saint Thomas? He came on my show. And because uh-huh. back then, remember three years ago, we were in a highly political charge environment. You had the J6 thing and all that stuff. And he referenced um, the, 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 the meeting between uh, Martin Luther King and the rabbi in Chicago, uh-huh. right? I think it's right. Abraham. I'm going to pull it up now, right? Uh-huh. Where uh, Martin Luther King and, and the rabbi um, shook hands, uh, Rabbi Heschel. Right, Abraham Joshua Heschel, right, uh-huh. and they they met. I believe it was at a conference uh, or something in Chicago. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up right now. So for Charlie Kirk to uh, take this position is unfortunate, and, and I'm gonna leave it at that. But I'm not surprised, Dwayne. Very much so. As they, like I said, you know, you know, like you said, look at the march. You look at the pictures of the march very closely. Very, very diverse groups of people there. You had mm-hmm. Nation of Islam, you had Catholics, you had Jesuits, a lot of Jesuits. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Jewish population was was probably overrepresented in, in, in the civil rights movement, as we know. They were very close allies. And that's, of, that, of, and that's, uh, that's the reason why we Martin also... Luther King and the Freedom Writers and stuff like that. And the Freedom Writers, remember um, Mississippi with um, Schwarmer... Truman and and, and um, the, the other two gentlemen that were killed, I think Lacey was one of them. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. You're, you're right. Now, what happened was Mississippi burning. That's when Robert Kennedy finally said, "You know what? We need to start to look into what's going on in the South." It was after because remember when those three young men got killed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Emmett Till um, had sent U.S. Marshals and the FBI down there. Yeah, at Emmett Till. Remember Emmett Till? Uh, right, right. Yeah. But even with Emmett Till, the, the federal government really didn't become involved until a little while later. Yeah. Um, after, you know, because of his mother's persistence and thing. And then it took actually like about 60 years for them to prosecute somebody and the people were found that guilty. Um but the, the uh, but but with, I remember after the Mississippi burning, uh, Robert Kennedy immediately sent um, the FBI and the, and the marshal service, and and that's uh, they they were he, the ones that I, actually I, he, found but, but he was he was the attorney general for his brother, right? He was the attorney general at the time, yeah. For, for, and for that JFK. was probably the first um, significant enforcement action, um, other than um, sending um, troops to Little Rock, Arkansas. A company, Miss um, Bridges, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Remember the little girl, Ruth Bridges? That was Little Rock, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Little and, Rock. Uh, yeah. Yes, and um, and they sent um, they sent um, they, they, they they I think they federalized the National Guard and then had them uh, 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 escort her. That I believe Ruby Bridges was under um, Eisenhower, I believe. But um, but 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 the first big, as far as I know, civilly. Um, is is when the FBI took over the investigation, and you know, as the movie says, in Mississippi. Well, well actually, it, it was it was actually a lot of civil rights. It was, it was actually Alabama. It, it was in Alabama, and he he deployed four hundred federal marshals to Alabama. There you go. There you go. Right. Four hundred. Yeah, the first yeah. incident, right, 
1957, nine school children in Arkansas, known today as the Little Rock Nine. Enrolled at Little Rock High School, a segregated oh. white school, seeking an education. And that was Eisenhower, right? That's Eisenhower, correct? Seizing right. and uh, seeking an education. This forced Arkansas to make a choice on how the federal court rulings would be applied. Although the oh. students were enrolled, federal troops were sent in to Little Rock to protect them from an angry mob. The same right. year, the Civil Rights Act of 1957 was passed. The act allowed for the prosecution of anyone who denied uh -huh. someone their right to vote. Right? Now, uh -huh. um, the, the, the 60 campaign, Kennedy take off, blah, 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 the Freedom Raiders. Right? That's John Lewis. Uh -huh. Right? That's right. John Lewis, right? He's an attorney. He was, one of, he was one of the original, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the Freedom Raiders reached Alabama, their bus uh -huh. was firebombed. Riders were right. forced to flee into a white uh -huh. mob that surrounded their bus and were beaten with iron bars. Attorney right. General Robert Kennedy, Kennedy deployed 400 federal marshals to Alabama to protect uh -huh. the Freedom Raiders. The Justice right. Department then petitioned the Interstate Commerce Commission to adhere to federal law. By September, uh -huh. the ICC ruled in favor of the petition. And finally, going back to um, Martin Luther King, he had met uh -huh. Rabbi Heschel in 63, right? Right? At the, at, at, at the, in Chicago, at, at, uh -huh. at the race, religion and race conference organized by the National Conference of Christians and Jews, the NCCJ. The bond, be, the bond between them was immediate. King's speech at the conference, a challenge to churches and synagogues, affirmed that struggle against racism was an interfaith effort. And then yeah. uh, later on, they had a picture of them in February of 68, two months before uh, King was murdered, where they were at the Arlington uh, National Cemetery holding hands, uh, standing up in solidarity. So I'd like, I, you know, remember last week, I think it was a week before I mentioned, the 60s is arguably, right, as it relates to race relations, the most important decade in American history, right? Yeah. Maybe second, maybe second to 1865, Right when slavery was abolished, uh, what have you? But in terms of us in a more civilized uh, community, um, uh -huh. the '60s were a very, very uh, critical uh, decade here uh, in America. What we're gonna do is gonna take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk about the impact of the caucuses um, yesterday uh, in in Iowa, where they were freezing, right as well. And uh, we'll take a break. Uh, a little bit more uh, early week, but still we're gonna do the table talk later on down in the week. Be back right after this. happens all week all around the world if you want to understand what this french election is all about four candidates are running unopposed and three of them met reporters thursday whatever the outcome of today's elections the secessionist genie is out of the bottle news analysis perspective music books and sports too saturday on weekend edition from npr news weekend edition saturdays at 8 a.m on wtjx fm 93.1
Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Hear the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big <laughs> cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. Right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. We're back here analyze this a little uh, bush tea before we uh, uh, bring on uh, the Department of uh, Planning and Natural Resources Commissioner Jean-Pierre Oriol to be joining us uh, um, during the 9 o'clock hour. I got Dwayne Henry joining me uh, this morning. Uh, what kind of bush tea we got this morning, Councillor? Um, lemongrass, my lemongrass. <laughs> the lemongrass, okay. I like that. Let me do a sports reference before you got Yeah, go ahead. When I was talking about Arkansas, I wanted to, I know you would love this, of course, you know this, um, Jerry Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He, was in, he was in the mob. <laughs> they, they, they showed a photo, a photo of him came out either last year or year before. Yeah, where yeah I'm he, looking at it right now. Yeah, where he was a teenager standing yeah. up uh, behind a mob and they were, they were confronting black students. Right, yes, uh, and, and Little Rock. I have a, I, 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 well, that's totally unacceptable. Don't get me wrong, but you know, uh-huh. teenagers, I can't look at them from a, from a maturity perspective as someone in their twenties and thirties. Um, you know, you know, I, I, I'm not saying what he's doing is right, and he's to be excused for it because that's not the case. I think everybody. I would look. call it you pull in this question. That's, that's that, a yeah, that's the, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah that, that's what right. it is. And, and, and what I don't and like evidence that, that you know, as an owner, that he practiced at least not any blatant racism. Oh. I mean, I'm sure you know they've always been disgruntled employees. Well, but, well let's um, face it. Let, 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 let's let's face it, though, right? Uh, it's not they, like he has an all-white team. Yeah, they, they, exactly. I mean. These guys make so much money, they're actually forced to pay the better athletes who happen to be the brothers. You know what I'm saying? Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. But I mean, there's some people that would hold out to. <laughs> of course, of course. One, one of the things, though, one of the things, though, that I want to say about the Jerry Joneses of the world uh, uh-huh. uh, um, back in the 50s and all that stuff, you know, uh, you're a white teenager right in, in many instances you were forced 
to hate on black children to show your colors to your friend Lebanon? Yes, yeah. The peer pressure was immense. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Le, 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 yeah. You could um, go against the grain at your peril. Yes, sir. Lots of young white persons yes, lost their lives yes, for standing up. Yes, sir. So, so, what, what, what I don't like, what I don't like about that photo, though, right, is that why, why did it take them so long to publish it? Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys in 1988. Why right. did it take? Why, why did it like take? Two years ago. It came out two years ago. Thirty-four years. Yeah. That, that's how long it took. Yeah. I, oh, that's how long it took. Yeah. I to, to identify. 34 years after he bought the team. And I believe he no, right. he, he bought the team in... He pissed in, off somebody um, that season. Yeah, he, he, bought, <laughs> <laughs> he bought the team actually in early 89, and then oh, and, and then they got rid of Tom Landry and all that stuff, and then the next thing, you know, uh-huh. um, he, he, he turned the team over. They are the, the richest franchise in North America, if not yeah, the world. They, they, the Dallas Cowboys, win or lose... The Dallas Cowboys, they generate mm-hmm. more revenue than anybody else. Make your head spin. You check? Right. And then, and then mm-hmm. la- later on, uh, what, what today be? Today's the 15th? Don't be surprised mm-hmm. if, by, if by January 30th, so today's the 16th. Don't be surprised, mm-hmm. don't be surprised if by January 30th you see Yacht over there in, um, in St. Thomas. Can he come oh, down? Most probably. Yeah, he either yeah. come down every day and, uh, and, and, uh, right. and, 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 Anka, Anka, he show off yet, which is a monstrous yet over there in Langley, <laughs> uh, over, over there in St. Thomas. Uh, quickly, right? Um, yesterday, there was the, they had the Iowa caucuses, right? Uh-huh. And apparently, there was only one election, right? Uh, uh-huh. The Democrats did not caucus yesterday in, in, uh, in Iowa. Now, uh-huh. the, the, the first thing I want to do is, I, I, I think we need to explain. What's the difference between a caucus and an election? I mean, an election is a very straightforward deal. A caucus yeah. is a more retail home, yes. uh, um, mm-hmm. ho- home type of at, uh, uh, event, right? Where, yes. where where you vote and then you got a second choice and all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Or, or right. if or if who you vote for runs second, then you could do a re- yeah. you do a re- you do a revote yeah, again, right? Completely different. Uh, um, a primary is a straight up election. You mm-hmm. know, when you vote for people. Yeah. With a caucus, actually. There's a lot of uh, persuasion or attempts at p- persuasion before people actually vote. Correct. That's what, yeah. You sit down and you listen to all these different sides to tell why you should vote for their person, you know? And then they vote, and then they have, like, a tiered voting thing where, um, you know, whoever makes it to the first round then goes to the second round, and then, you know, and you could trade off. Or there's a lot of mechanisms. Um, um, mechanizations going on, um, mechanizations going on uh, in the background to, to to shift allegiances and all, and all of this happens live as opposed to an election where or a primary, which is election where everything all that has to happen before, and then when you go in the booth, you vote for you vote for. Okay. But throughout the process in a, in a caucus, there's somebody trying to convince you to either stay with a vote or change a vote. Well, let, 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 so let me break it down. Here's a question: How does it actually work? Right, so I'm gonna break this down, and this is a, a NBC News breakdown here. Right, they said caucus goers arrive before 7 p.m. Central Time and check in. Right after that, they'll take care of some procedural measures like electing precinct chairs and precinct secretaries. All is happening same day in real time. Uh-huh. Right? right, the yeah. new chairs will then invite presidential candidate supporters to address the room. 
right? After, yeah, after those speeches, caucus goers will receive their ballots and cast their votes for their preferred candidates. The votes are collected, tabulated, and then typically announced to the room, right? So it's a real retail type event, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, and all these caucuses, it's only like 20 people at all. <laughs> so yesterday... In somebody's house. Yeah. people in somebody's house. Uh, apparently, uh, they they, they uh, get their... Uh, I, I want to make sure I say this. The results. The, resu- yeah, the, the results, right? Uh, oh. uh, but, but it was a problem yesterday because the race was called early and the DeSantis group was saying people still voting. What's this all about? Right? Uh-huh. So, you know, they keep talking about election interference and the one party who like to blame everybody else. Okay, they had their issues last last night in Iowa. Right? Uh-huh. Now, now, Donald Trump was a dominant winner last night. I think he got like 51.1%. Right? right? And then um, DeSantis came in second and Nikki Haley came in third. Vivek Ramaswamy, he came in fourth and he <laughs> suspended campaign last night. Uh-huh. He, he had an unfortunate... And endorsed Trump. And endorsed Trump, correct. He had an unfortunate situation over the weekend, though. Where? Oh, did he? Yeah, where? Um, he lost his wife. His wife. His wife. Um, um, somebody told his wife that um, he had dark skin and looked like an Indian. Oh wow, that's distressful. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a... So how did how did they handle it? I mean, are they okay? Well, uh, I I I know what he did. Um, because you know they're in La 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 he he was uh he look he he took the campaign trail by storm and was just throwing out all kind of crazy things out there, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Let me tell you, the, the world these people live in—that's what I'm saying. These people live in like a la la land, and then when they finally get hit with uh, reality, you know, they can't handle it because uh, you know people been telling them all along, dude, you serious? You know, how could you say these things? And he's he, he dug in, dug in, look, you know, but. You know, he realized Iowa is not going to fool people like him. Absolutely not. He 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 had no shot in Iowa. He was fooling himself. If he right. if he you re- know, my thought was that, that was interested. I don't know. I meant to send it to you. Well, they did some exit polling numbers on the on the thing um, the, the Republican caucus with um, people who have college degrees and people who don't have college degrees. Mm-hmm. And Trump had the highest number of non-college degree percentage of 69%. By a wide margin. Is, yes. Um, don't have college degrees. Um, as opposed to Nikki Haley, who had like 20% didn't have uh, college degrees. Okay. Um, here's this one This one tweet, right, um, from Kaivan Shroff. He said, as Vivek Ramaswamy pretends racism doesn't exist, Republican voters say they don't like his dark skin and question if he is of Muslim nationality. This is the type of thing. This, this, this is the type of thing that going on. Something else, though. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so but, but it don't really matter anyhow because he only got about seven percent, seven point seven percent last night. 
And yeah. he, has, he has officially suspended his uh, campaign, drop out the race, and, and now uh, he's endorsed uh, Donald Trump. Let me ask this question. Is 51% uh, a dominant mandate? Because uh, the, the Democrats will want to spin it and say, well, half vote for you and half did not. How do you look at it? I think it's a dominant mandate. Uh, you know, I think we, we need to come to the realization that um, Donald Trump owns the um, the Republican Party. I mean, it's just gate to him. Mm-hmm. You know, that, 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 you know, they he owns them. I mean, to the, you know, you can't hope you can't hold out hope against hope. You know, that there's no hope. You know, that, you know, we we're wishing. We wishing that there's an alternative. But look who the alternatives ended up being. Might as well, let's just stay with Donald Trump. You want Vivek, you want Nikki Haley, both of whom hate themselves. You want um, the crazy man from Florida, with, with, you know, the, the, Santos, the, the yeah. short guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Those are the people we want. And, and don't forget, no, the, and don't forget the Donald Trump, really. And don't forget uh, the Nikki Haley real name is... Nimrata, you know, she could fool him. Yes, she, of course. You know, and yeah, she, don't she, say that too loud. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And can she been ducked? <laughs> she, she the duck that with she got enough to put on her her application, the registration thing, white. That she's white. See, I mean, I mean that's that's what's going on. But 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 here's what I really want to ask you. Start doing that, you know, <laughs> because you could identify yourself as whatever. Whatever you, you feel like. Let me ask you this yeah. question: Did they pigeonhole themselves? Because they didn't want to go after Trump like they like candidates normally do, because of what happened with Trump four years ago. I think they should have. You know, if 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 all of if if it was just Chris Christie alone running, I guarantee you, Chris Christie would get all those people's. I think those the votes those people got are people like I said holding out. They're hoping that they would change after the primary, you know, move to the left a little bit. That kind of stuff. We know Donald Trump is not moving anywhere after the, the primary, but they were hoping some of these other um, supposedly pragma- pragmatic politicians would, you know, let me go ahead and vote for him. No, I know he got to talk this nonsense in the primary, but it's going to change afterwards kind of thing. Um, but, um, you know, the I think, like you said, they, they, they pigeonhole themselves as such... Um, Trump lights that uh, it didn't make any sense for anybody to consider people who would have considered voting for them, other than the people who who they carried, which I think is just a natural constituency. Um, in the Republican Party, maybe ten percent of people actually like Nikki Haley, whether she would run or not. Um, so I think the numbers they've been getting are people that are not are, are, are never Trumpers. So th- those people would never vote for Trump. No, but no, 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 let me break. That, no, um, let me break. They diluted the vote. If, if, like I said, if if, if you had a, 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 a particular person like um like like um the, the guy from New Jersey, um, Chris Christie, yeah. um, you know, unifying the opposition, I'm right. I think he'd get Trump a, a hell of a run for his money. No, check this out. Um, just want to make sure we get the the, the public to know. Okay, on total votes reported, a hundred and ten thousand two hundred and ninety eight. Donald Trump got 56,260, which is 51%. Ron DeSantis, uh-huh. 23,420, which is 21.2%. Nikki Haley, uh-huh. 
21,085, which is 19.1%, and Vivek Ramaswamy got 8,449, which is 7.7%, right? The other other candidates, Ryan Binkley, Asa Hutchison, and and Chris Christie, um, uh, Binkley got 7 tenths of a percent, Asa Hutchinson got 2 tenths of a percent, and... uh, and uh, Chris Christie got less than one, less than a tenth of a percent, right? But if you add up, DeSantis, Haley, and Ramaswamy, right? Uh-huh. You're looking at forty point three and seven point seven. Um, mm, that's forty eight percent, right there. That's what I'm saying. If you right? had one person, yeah, that's forty eight percent. Yeah, so 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 you got fifty one percent for Donald Trump, forty eight percent for second, third, and fourth. And then another oh. percent for the for the other um you know um those who, th- th- those who just bank in the car and now to come home so, <laughs> so 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 it's interesting now we're going to New Hampshire where Nikki Haley actually had better polling numbers than she did in Iowa so it's gonna be interesting <laughs> to see if she still has any momentum or or how the New Hampshire folk but but that's a completely different demographic on okay? I remember yeah. in, in two thousand eight. Obama and Edwards finished first and second in Iowa, and Hillary, and Hillary won New Hampshire uh, uh, a week later or four or five days later. Right. Four or five days later. So, well, I like to say New Hampshire is the most liberal, conservative state in the country. New Hampshire, right? By far, yes. right? Yeah, by far. Yes, yeah. you surprised they vote one way. They have the Sedonos as their governors, but then you know the you know the voting representation is, is pretty much middle of. The road in, in Congress. They do it differently uh, in New Hampshire. Thank you for some bush tea to start the week, sir. And uh, okay. looking forward to talking with you later on down the road. Okay? okay Thanks a lot. Care. You got it. Be back right after this with uh, Commissioner John Pierre Oriol, who I believe uh, is on the line as well. So we'll be back right after this. Views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Doom scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.